I was wrong. Was I wrong? No. Yes. Yes. I was wrong. How could it be? I trusted in my guts, but ended up all nuts. I was wrong. How could it be? Listen to my brain, but ended up insane. The melons rolled over that lady. I went too far. How could it be? How did I go too far? What's up, pig floopers, and welcome to another episode of Floopin' the Pig. I'm Brad Garoon, and with me, as always, are Kevin Ford and Justin Houston. Today we are reaching the end of Season 3 of Adventure Time. We've got four episodes. This is our last four-episode batch from Season 3. After this, we only have two Season 3 episodes left. And we kick off this batch with uh, a return to our favorite vampire queen, Marceline, in Marceline's Closet. J-Ho, tell us all about it. Yes. Okay. So, uh, Marceline's closet is uh, mainly takes place in Marceline's closet. Uh, essentially, uh, Finn and Jake are coming over to her hut to uh, to or it's it's a house. What am I saying? Uh, anyway, so she's going over to her house and she's not there, but she's left a really threatening note to not come in her house. So uh, they play a game of oh, they play a game of cloud hunt. That's what I was thinking of hut. Um, they play a game of cloud hunt, which is essentially just hide and seek. And Jake swears he's not going to go in the house, and it's the first thing he does. And by the time Finn realizes this and goes in to go get him, she has come home. So they flee to her closet, where they sort of witness all manner of stuff that they definitely increasing levels of things that would upset Marceline if she if they actually saw her doing this, including flicking a booger out of her nose. Um, she wouldn't use the bathroom for a little while and said something smelled, which I think turned out to be her. Um, they try a bunch of different things to like get out of there, including throwing a note that says there's an emergency at their tree fort and throwing it, and it just ends up sort of flying around, causing damage in like below her house, uh, turning the burners on on her stove, and then flying back up in the trash can. So that doesn't work. Jake tries to dig their way out when she starts singing this really, really personal song that no one's supposed to hear, that she makes very clear no one's supposed to hear. But there's a spider in the hole there, which she flees from, and they're very scared of. And then he goes out and knocks a lamp over because he's a jerk spider. And they almost get caught again. and uh, But they still manage to not get caught in this situation. So finally, um, after Finn ends up witnessing Marceline in some manner of undress in the bathroom they she goes to bed and they end up trying to get their way out but stupidly they start whisper talking to one another on their way out wondering if she's awake and this wakes her up uh or she's been awake the whole time either way so they're embarrassed and they're really scared that she's gonna just you know mess them up but she says it's no big deal because she secretly hides at their tree fort all the time which they're relieved for for a little bit, um, but then they go home and start doing their weird, embarrassing stuff like 
Jake takes a shower. Finn scratches his butt and smells it. <laughs> and they start like getting embarrassed that she's around and becoming very aware. And they freak each other out. And uh, they get freaked out by a, an owl hooting in the distance. And it turns out it's Marceline sitting on their roof. Um, this is an episode I forget about a lot. Like uh, a lot of these um, sort of not at the beginning, like mid middle of a season episodes that they don't replay very much. And, uh, but I, I, I like it a lot and it's a good sort of, you know, adventure time version of a bottle episode. Uh, Kevin, what do you think? I thought this was a really funny episode. Like the moment you mentioned made me laugh because one of my earliest adventure time memories is actually Brad just sending me that YouTube clip where he scratches himself and then the, he hears the, the howling owl and then he just turns all embarrassed. And so that got a kick out of me. Uh, one thing that you failed to mention was in the beginning they're going over for a jam session and Finn was playing a balloon and said balloon music is the future. And all the balloon music he did and the singing stuff was just wonderful. So great. I don't know if anyone noticed, but did Marceline's journal say Gunther on the front cover of it? I thought it did as well. Yes. Okay. Foreshadowing. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I also wonder why does Marceline have a doggy door? Because that's well, how Jake got in the house. Did Marceline build the house? I feel like the house was there. She usually just takes thing, like takes residences. So it was probably there. Okay, fair enough. I can accept that answer. The one moment where I, gif- where I legit laughed out loud is when Jake and Finn are trying to escape and the spider comes down and bites Jake and he has to scream in silence and he's just pouring down tears. The poor guy trying to get out of the house. It was it was wonderful. It's one of the greatest things like ever in the show. Yeah, yeah. It, it was really really hilarious. So yeah, I had a blast watching this episode. I thought it was really good, and I love the end when she's like, "Oh yeah, that's okay. I'm in your house all the time." She's like, "Yeah, no big deal." When they thought it was going to be some monumental thing. So this is a really fun episode. Speaking of Marceline's diary, we want to remember that near the end slash middle of season five because that why Marceline's diary says Gunter on it, it becomes very important. I agree. The spider thing is great. A couple other, well, one Easter egg and one just note. First, the note when Finn is singing his balloon music song and he tells Jake to shake his eyes, and Jake shakes his eyes, and then Jake starts shaking his ass, which is what we were all thinking when Jake was shaking his eyes. Shake your extremities, shake your extremities, off your arms and knees. I want him shake him, baby, please, baby, shake your ass for me, shake your ass for me, shake your ass for me. Shake your ass for free. Now make some bills, make the bills, make the mill. Crack me up with some yokes. I like girls who know the ropes. I like girls who can cope with the futuristic sound of balloon music. Pretty good. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. And um, at the end, when Finn is scratching his butt and smelling it, he's reading a comic book. And the comic book is called Bleh. We actually see that come up more and more or we will see that come up more and more as time goes by it never becomes like a big storyline element but it's a nice little easter egg and now i want to know what is in bless so badly it's about a hamburger that's alive which is especially why i want to know more about it unlike the burger who was dead right well maybe he's talking about that burger being dead and that's why it's so sad oh for those of you who don't know what we're talking about that was in, in the episode belly of the beast and the and you're gonna go back and listen to in the flooping the pig episode my burger is dead there you go. Um, yeah, but but I'm with Justin in that this is definitely a bottle episode, with the exception of a couple little Easter eggs here and there, which only you know the most crazy Adventure Time fans would pick up. Um, but the most important piece is definitely Gunter being on the diary. I like whenever there's a casual conversation between Finn and Jake just about a subject. It, it, really, in any show, when that happens, um, it's it just kind of makes the world feel a little more lived in. 
especially if you kind of walk in on the conversation. And their comments after the balloon music of Jake going, that's pretty good. And then, you know, him saying, you know, you haven't mastered it yet. And Finn goes, well, obviously. I don't know why, but I, I really uh, I like that walking up dialogue. The way Jake says pretty good, I like the most because it felt incredibly natural. Like, pretty good. Like, all right, all right. And you don't usually hear people in cartoons talking that way. Right. And then later on, Jake talking about, what does he say? Like, I want to free my consciousness or uh, something like that. I want to make my soul calm. And that's how, and that's how hide and seek or cloud hunt helps him do that. Right. Yeah. That was good too. And there, there's a lot. The, the script here is really tight. Do we know where Marceline was when she was out? Because that's a weird thing to say, but like she looked different than she usually does. Like with the way she was like dressed and how her hair was done, like looks different looks, than like we've just seen her in the past. She looks different in most episodes. She changes up her style a lot. Like sometimes she'll have half her head shaved and sometimes she'll be wearing jeans and sometimes she's wearing a dress. She changes it up a lot. And I think that that's a nod to like how goth kids change, yeah. slightly change their appearance quite a bit. Definitely. Speaking of casual conversations, Finn and Jake are not allowed to have a casual conversation in the library because it's quiet time, according to Turtle Princess in Paper Pete. Jake is thinking about his future with Lady Rainicorn, so he wants to read up on all of Rainicorn history in a giant tome that's available in the library. Finn is bored and wants to have an adventure and starts making up ideas for adventures that he and Jake could go on. And Jake thinks that Finn is pulling this stuff out of his ass, essentially, and tells him to leave him alone so he can read about Rainicorn history. So Finn walks around the library and discovers the pagelings, led by Paper Pete, who are in the middle of a war with a group called the Moldos. Uh, now, the pagelings are that first piece of paper in a book that's blank when you open it up, and they're the guardians of, of books, and the Moldos are devouring the paper in the library. So Finn wants to help the, pa- the pagelings, but he wants Jake's help, but Jake just won't believe him no matter how much he shows Jake the pagelings. Jake keeps his eyes covered and thinks that Finn's throwing his voice, and no matter how adorable Finn's voice is, he's not going to help him. He wants to read his tome. So Finn takes Paper Pete to the Moldlings headquarters where he meets Mildwin, the leader of the Moldlings. <laughs> These names are so funny to me. And, um, and they trick the Moldlings into thinking that uh, Finn has turned on Paper Pete. Uh, and then I actually... Oh, and then uh, they take the moldlings out to the, to back to the library where they feed on Jake because that's, Finn thinks that that's how he's going to get Jake to believe that this adventure is real, but Jake just gets pissed because it hurts to have the moldlings on him. Uh, but then he discovers that the moldlings love the taste of his clothes so he offers the moldlings his shirt, which should feed them, which Mildwin says should feed the moldlings for generations to come in exchange for leaving the books alone. And um, it turns out that Jake had just read the same paragraph in the book over and over again, which is a problem that I have. In the end, they leave the library and Finn makes up an adventure about um, he still doesn't understand that the sun is on the horizon and not actually and he thinks that people need help on the sun. Uh, but he and Jake go to to run towards the horizon anyway because Jake's a good sport. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I really liked all the moments where Finn was trying really hard to get Jake to pay attention and it just he would Jake would look up just at the wrong times and it would really frustrate Finn. And the moment where he just grabs those little creatures and just throws them on him was really great. So yeah, this was this was uh, another funny, enjoyable kind of episode. <laughs> I love just Jake being like, dude, what the hell man? Why would you do this? 
just a, a proper reaction to exactly what would happen if friends were doing that to each other. Yeah, I, I like this one. This is one that I, I don't really uh, think much about or, or think much of until I actually watch it. And I remember all the, the little nuances and, and and cute little things that happened throughout the episode. Um, it's pretty forgettable, so it's not one that I'd go out of my way to watch if I wasn't, you know, doing a podcast about it or something. But um, it was it was fun. Yeah, I actually don't love this one. I don't I don't dislike it. There's nothing wrong with it. I like that Turtle Princess finally gets something to do. I think Paper Pete's voice is very funny. Like I said earlier, the the names of these characters, for some reason, in a way that most names in this show don't. So there's this Sporkle quiz where you can guess the names of all of the episodes, and there are about 164 of them that we know so far. And I usually give between 130 and 140. And despite the fact that I watched Paper Pete this week, I couldn't remember Paper Pete. I I guess it's an episode, but it's just so forgettable. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. It's, it's, It's fine for what it is, but it's not particularly memorable or striking. It is. It is part of a of something that becomes important later, where Finn, where Jake is starting to grow up, and Finn just isn't. I mean, Finn isn't there. You know, Jake is aging faster than Finn, and we're really seeing that here. Yeah, true. Speaking of situations where Finn and Jake don't agree, they are very divided how to handle their injuries in the episode. Another way, Kevin, tell us all about it. Yeah, this is an episode where Finn becomes obsessed with self-determination. And that all starts out when a bunch of clown nurses are taking care of Finn and Jake in their treehouse because they both broke their legs jumping off of birds. Finn does not like them. He's kind of creeped out by them. He wants them to leave. But Jake really likes them, and he paid them up front, and they won't leave until their job is done. While he's healing, though, Finn is reading the Enchiridion, in which he discovers a story about a cyclops whose magical tears can heal anything. And Finn is go to determine that he wants to go find this. But one of the clowns tells them that their method of just kissing their foot until it's healed is the only way. And Jake has this kind of freaky daydream about them. And he runs away and runs out into the forest to go find the Cyclops and then Kyridian. Uh, so he encounters this tree stump who shows him two paths he can go to the left, which will make him lose his hair forever or the right way, which will make him smelly forever. And the stump remarks that it's the only way to go, which brings him back to the clowns. So Finn freaks out, he damages the stump and runs through this prickly bush in the middle that brings him out by this river. And uh, by this river, there's another bush who tells him that there's no way to get across the river for a bunch of different reasons. There's acidic water, there's eels in it, there's a bridge you can go over, but that's a trap. So, because he's told there's no way to get across, he decides to run across the river by using the bush to constantly bat the water out of the way as he's running across. And, uh... He only makes it half the way when the bush becomes basically destroyed, and so he skips it like a rock across the water and runs across, and he's all acidy and not feeling great. So he runs over to this guy uh, named Pan who has a bunch of watermelons in a broken wagon, and he uses one of the watermelon's juices to cleanse off all the acidic water, and Pan asks him to get his wagon's wheel out of the tree so he can get the watermelons to his wife down the path because he was too short to reach the wheel himself. And Finn, who is really going mad about the whole situation, he smashes the cart and says he's going to do things his way and rolls the watermelons violently down the hill, which smashes the man's house and flattens his wife named Rainy. And Pan just tells Finn to go away and he doesn't need his help. And of course, Finn kind of snaps back into reality about that and he sings a really sad song in his auto-tuned voice on the top of a cliff. But the cliff itself turns out to be the forest cyclops he's been looking for all along. And, and the forest cyclops says, I know you're here for my tears and... And Finn's like, you know what, I don't want them anymore. And the Cyclops insists that he's lying. And he, you could tell he gets the idea that Cyclops doesn't like not being wanted. And it turns out that Finn ended up tricking him into punching him in the eyeball 
and getting his tears. So he takes out the Cyclops' head and uses those tears to not only heal himself, but everybody else he heard along the way, like the tree stump, the man, his wife, and the bush, and also a sandwich for some reason. And then finally he brings the Cyclops' head back to the treehouse to heal Jake, but uh, the clown nurse notices that the Cyclops' head is hurt and starts kissing it, which is okay by Jake because he turns down the Cyclops' tears so he can be healed by the clown's kisses instead. And Finn says, you know what? That's okay. And then Jake gives this a really happy look to end the episode. This was a really good one. I thought this was a a good growth of Finn episode and a a good lesson. What did you think about it, Justin? Yeah, I love this episode. Uh, This is one of my uh, favorites from season three. I, it, just everything works for me. It's scary. It's funny. It's, uh, it continues on, um, a theme that I've talked about a lot, which is, just the sheer willpower of Finn. So yeah, it continues a theme that I've talked about a lot, which is um, essentially uh, Finn um, just sort of overpowering uh, and with sheer will, essentially. Uh, a lot of situations he gets in um, where a lot of people tell him, hey, don't do that, or just, hey, just let it go or something. He just, through sheer resolve, manages to solve the problem. And this is when it's been sort of tested the most when he's um, when he's kind of run amok with it and, uh, you know, caused some people injury and kind of questions himself. And the scene where he does the little whispers, the shh, 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 and he keeps getting closer. I love that scene so much. And uh, I, uh, I always laugh really hard when it happens, even when I know it's coming. Um, the clowns are super creepy. And uh, so creepy. Yeah, I think it's Maria Bamford that does the voices and uh, – of at least that, like the head clown, and but Brad will tell us later. Mm. It's true, um, but yeah, it's uh, why well, I, I only mentioned it because uh, it's uh, I didn't think it was a guest voice because she's pretty much she does I, lots of stuff. I wasn't yeah, she to, she doesn't count as a guest. I, voice. I just didn't want to. I wasn't trying to presume you were burying Brad or something. I was just <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so uh, it was just there was uh, so much stuff I liked. There was also a little thing at the end where he's using the tears on stuff. To heal them, and he heals a ham sandwich, like a ham sandwich, into a just a little dancing creature, and uh, it was cute. But it, I mean, it's sort of because just what my brain does. It started going into some pretty outrageous places of just these tears, just being able to bring things to life. Um, what was the plan with the sandwich? Was he gonna? It just I don't know. My brain went to a lot of really crazy places with that for what was a four second scene. Um, but all in all, I, I love the episode. I think it's pretty obvious what happened with that sandwich. There are a lot of things that we don't see because we can't see everything that goes on at Adventure Time. Otherwise, it would be a 24-hour day show. And Finn obviously killed that sandwich and then brought it back to life. Justin, I remember early on, Kevin asked you, why are there so many swords stuck in trees in ooh? And you said something brilliant. You said those trees are once alive and they got stabbed and the sword just got left there. And that's why the tree does not appear to be alive or sentient anymore. This sandwich was obviously alive, and Finn killed it in his rage and, you know, his wrongness. And he brought it back to life. But wouldn't he have gotten upset over that? He was upset over that. He just forgot to mention it in his speech. I see. Obviously, he was upset over it. That's why he went back and put the tears on it. Obviously. Now, if Jake had done it, I would say that Jake just wanted to see if this sandwich would get bigger. (laughs) Yeah, true. But it was Finn, so that's what happened, and I'm sticking with that. There you go. Now, that also helps in a future episode where we find out you know, about something that can bring things back to life, 
that's why this is not a conflict with that. Justin knows what I'm talking about. I I don't actually. Think think about Mystery Dungeon. Oh, okay, I get what you mean. And Little Guy. Right, right, indeed. Okay. That's 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 I think Little Guy's got to be Little Dude's got to be coming up soon, right? Nope. No. Oh, ah, man, I do not like Little Dude. It creeps me out. <laughs> We'll get to that soon enough. Soon in my brain. But that's not soon enough. What we'll get to now is Ghost Princess, unless you guys have other things you want to talk about. No, I just wanted Justin to acknowledge my Futurama reference. It was wonderful. Thank you. In Ghost Princess, Finn and Jake are roasting hot dogs in the forest. And Finn discovers that Jake no longer has a taste for softy cheese. And he finds that very upsetting and wants to know why, but Jake doesn't want to talk about it. And Jake gets saved by the bell, so to speak, when Ghost Princess starts haunting them. And Finn and Jake uh, inquire, they're familiar with Ghost Princess, and they inquire as to why she's haunting them. And she says, you know, she can't get to the 50th Dead World unless she finds out how she died, and then she can remember her life, and then she'll ascend. Um, So Finn and Jake decide to help her with this case. They go, and while they're investigating, they find another ghost named Clarence. I'm Ghost Princess. Have we met before? I feel like we have. I don't think so, m'lady. But I am honored. What do you know about ghosty peas getting myrtle-ertled? Sorry, I don't know anything. I can't imagine anyone who would harm someone as beautiful as this. Whoa, smooth. And Clarence wants to help them as well, and he finds Ghost Princess beautiful, and Ghost Princess finds him quite fetching. So she and him decide to go to the Spirit Wave concert together while Finn and Jake continue to investigate. And while Finn and Jake are investigating the grave of some donkus, uh, where they find a broken dagger um, with the words, with the letter Cielli written on it, or, uh, or Ciel, Claw written on it, Claw, I forget, they are <laughs> approached by a group of ne'er-do-well ghosts. Um, but they are saved by those ne'er-do-well ghosts by Clarence. Uh, who apparently helped them with something sometime. But that all comes after um, Ghost Princess and Clarence decide that they are cool with staying in the graveyard and just haunting it because they found each other. However, it turns out that some donkus was actually Clarence and that the dagger, in that part of the dagger that is broken off in Ghost Princess, matches the part of the dagger that Finn and Jake found in some donkus' grave and the blade says Clarence. And then Ghost Princess realizes that she and Clarence were at war with each other, even though they were in love with each other, and Clarence stabbed her in battle, and then she starts ascending to the 50th ghost world. And she wants Clarence to come with her anyway, but he can't because he doesn't know how he died. But then Jake remembers, because Clarence feels like his life is a fart, uh, that he was at a grocery store when some guy there, some donkus there, (laughs) said that his life was a fart, so he was just going to eat softy cheese in the place, and he ate so much softy cheese that he exploded which also explains why Jake hates softy cheese, and then Clarence gets to ascend to the 50th Dead World with Ghost Princess, and Jake gets the courage to try softy cheese again. I dig this episode. It gives us a little bit of insight into the afterlife in Ooh, which is something that I've always been really curious about, and we'll learn a little bit more about Dead Worlds coming up, and now we know that the 50th Dead World is probably some sort of nirvana where you've reached the end of whatever... And it's where you want to go. I dig that a lot. I think the way they got to where they were going was pretty funny. I didn't need to watch a character explode with cheese, but so be it. Justin, what would you think? 
Yeah, I like this one a lot too. Um, it seemed, this was a good one because it's sort of, it, I don't know, I figured out pretty early what the twist was. Um, I mean, as soon as you meet the guy, you're sort of like, oh, okay, well, this person probably had a hand in it or, or did something like that. Um, but them being lovers and sort of just, you know, it being an inevitable because of their, uh, you know, never ending conflict or the fact that they just wouldn't relent uh, against one another and he sort of had to do it was uh pretty incredible um and adults and sort of uh gut-wrenching and uh for a brief moment there because of how dark that is i thought we were gonna get a horrible i thought she was gonna go off and he was just gonna be left <laughs> forever which would have been terrible and grim uh so in that way kind of getting yanked around emotionally it was uh it was really good yeah, I really like this too. I thought this was a really nice just one episode story that you talked about uh Marceline's closet being really tight. I thought this was tight too. I like the the softy cheese. I, I like that in the end cuz like you have this great story about how they were star-crossed lovers who one accidentally killed the other in battle and then the other guy's death is death by softy cheese. Just a nice uh dichotomy with those two deaths there i'm really curious to see if we ever see more of that battle in case that battle is an important battle from the world of Ooh and leading to where we are now so that would interest me uh the only other note that i want to make is that the cemetery they in the explore is called hamburger hill cemetery which is exactly where brad hopes to be buried well i kind of want to be buried with my family man i don't think that's a jewish cemetery hamburger hill cemetery it was god damn it brad it was a joke Exactly it was doing. a joke. God damn it. It was a joke. You want to do the snail search? Will that make I would you feel- love to do the snail search. It make you feel much better, which is funny because you actually say that. And Marceline's closet was another scene that I really laughed at. Uh, so the snails on the ground when Finn and Jake disguised themselves and Marceline caught them sneaking out of a room <laughs> where Finn just puts like the, uh, the lampshade on his head and Jake disguises himself by morphing into looking like Finn. And I thought that was really great. Uh, and Paper Pete, the snail's on the table waving when Finn yells, Damaged books? Who did this? And then he gets shushed by people sitting at those tables. In another way, the snail's just hanging out on the bridge that's a trap. And then in Ghost Princess, the snail is in Donkus's grave. And that's the hashtag snail search for this week. Cool. Um, her voices this week. The talking bush. The, the angry talking bush in another way. Voiced by Craig Turkington, who people might know better as uh, Neil Hamburger. So speaking of hamburger, this is a very hamburger-heavy episode of Flooping the Pig. And Rainy, the woman who got, the, the being who got run over by a watermelon, thanks to Finn, she is the voice of, uh, sorry, uh, Melissa Val- Melissa Villasenor, who is a singer, comedian, and, a comedian, comedian and impressionist. Uh, she voiced ha- Rainy and the Ham Sandwich. We'll see more from her, but for now she still counts as one of these voices. Um, and that's all the voice actors. So, Justin, tell us about Twitter. Well, I thought I'd mention this, too, just as a, as an aside. Um, because I watch the episodes new, and I know Brad does. Uh, I don't know if he watches them when they happen. But uh, yeah. do either of you happen to watch Clarence? Clarence got his own show? No, no, no. Not the carrot. Not <laughs> It's another show about a kid uh, named Clarence. No, I just watch, I don't watch them on Cartoon Network. I don't have cable. I watch them on a special, wonderful place that has all the episodes. Ah, wonderful. Okay. Um, I would recommend it. Um, I enjoy it a lot for, for a lot of the same reasons that I enjoy Adventure Time. A lot of whimsy with some sort of 
uh, adult stuff mixed in that's going to be a little um, over the kids' heads, but just a lot of energy and funny stuff. So it's doesn't really have anything to do with anything, but I like it a lot, and it makes me laugh. So Whimsy with adult things is really how to describe myself. Well, there you go. Then it's right up your – I really would recommend it. It's, it's super fun, and uh, there's a lot of – there's even a little bit of world building there. So who knows? Maybe it'll get even crazier at some point. I don't know. How many seasons has it been on? One. Okay, fine. So it literally just started, and its pilot won like a Peabody or something. So that's why I invested time. I was like, whoa, really? And I watched it, and it just, it just, it tickles me in just the right spot. So we, just like Adventure Time, we watch it. It comes on at six now. Um, we usually, we do something like a game all together with, with the kid, and, and then we go and we watch um, Clarence. So good times. Wake, they start giving background about their deities. Once they do that, then that's when I'll inform you. When they start uh, building its own uh, in-house religions of some kind, uh, I'll, uh, I'll be sure to let you know. That's when it'll go full adventure time. Um, my, my, I don't know if you know this about me, but my standard for what makes you want to watch a TV show is if the mythology of the show spans at least – it has to span at least 1,000 years. That's just the rule. Has to be 1,000? Yep. So like 950 years, it's like just – it's a bit too short. That's just lame. I mean just go the full Monty at that point. Maybe they're working up to it. On season 50, they'll get there. On season 50, I'll start binging. No problem. Oh, say enough. that about Doctor Who and we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I binged Doctor Who already. You've watched all 46 seasons or whatever it is of Doctor Who? All seven seasons of the new series and I tried watching the old episodes – and they're just not that good, so I stopped. It's really hard. It's a chore to get through a lot of that stuff. And honestly, not even all of it's put to – like, you can't even find a lot of it now because they wrote over a bunch of yeah, it. Yeah, so didn't a lot of those tapes get destroyed or just, like, re-recorded yeah. over or whatever? Find yeah. all you can find all of it in one form or another. If you, even if you can't find, like, uh, the, vi- the visual episode, they've, they've made the, – the audio of every single episode exists, and people have animated those. So you, well, if you want to, you can find everything. <laughs> Yeah, and, they've done like screenshot versions or, or just like taken stills from other episodes, but that's more interesting. But I'll say this: the the reason that I gave up on the original, the the classic Doctor Who series, is because the um actually if you if you watch it, it screws up the the chronology and continuity of the new series. Like they they weren't paying close enough attention back then, so I was like, oh, I don't want. Never mind. I I like the new series as is. I'm not going to mess with that. <laughs> the chronology is tight and pr- and fairly sound, so. So, um, you know, adding 50 years doesn't help. No, no. When they didn't know, like, that's the hard part. When you, it, luckily for Adventure Time, they either picked up right away or it always planned to have a backstory. But can you imagine, like, 10 years into a show, it's become another thing now? And you're like, boy, I really wish we had, you know, actually kind of set some milestone markers and made this easier, made our mythology a little bit easier and we didn't have to retcon everything. That's what happened to Heroes. I would know. I, I I got off that ship uh, pretty quickly. So um, relatively, I want you to get on the Twitter ship though. The Twitter ship. Uh, I am uh, Justin J Houston on Twitter. That's where I, I post things and pictures and thoughts and feelings. Uh, I write a column called Rub Raw. It's on PW Ponderings. Um, it's the most popular um, profanity laced raw column on PW Ponderings. And uh, it's because of you, the fan, that that's the case. Uh, and that's all that I have. Kevin? 
You can follow me on Twitter at K413. You can also follow Pro Wrestling Ponderings on Twitter at PW Ponderings. Of course, on PWPonderings.com, this show is released every Monday, and you can download it from there. But the best way to do so is by subscribing to our feed on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Search for PWP Podcasts, and you'll get this episode a whole day early. And you will also get my show, Fan to Fan, where each week I talk with a wrestling fan about wrestling fandom. It's pretty cool. Brad. You can follow me on Garoongate on Twitter, and you can also follow me on Burger Weekly on Twitter, or you can go to BurgerWeekly.com. Um, or facebook.com slash burger weekly or instagram.com slash burger weekly or instagram.com slash brad garoon those are all good places to follow me i mostly talk about food i sometimes talk about other things like celebrities that i find attractive like what is going on with jessica chastain why don't i get to marry jessica chastain and is jessica chastain really part of the human race or was she just put here to remind me that redheads are better than non-redheads as far as women go and i'm sorry if you're a redheaded boy that being said thank you for flooping the pig I flip the pig. I'm going to do some editing later. I'm going to do some editing later. We're so close to the end. We're so close. But I have to make Google Drive work, and it does. Wow. And here we go. Here we go.